A note of warning, this podcast explores graphic and disturbing stories and includes strong language. It therefore may not be suitable for our young listeners or other folks who may find it disturbing. Hello and welcome to True Crime Daily, the podcast, bringing you high-profile and under-the-radar cases from across the country for the week of August 8th, 2019. This week, we've got a bunch of new stories, including a captured fugitive, a cold case confession, a wedding crasher thief caught, and a pot of hot grease, and much more. But first, Owen, I would like to deliver to you the first copy of my book, Chase Darkness With Me, How One True Crime Writer Started Solving Murders. If you want to learn how to solve murders yourself, seriously. Uh, pick it up, and I'm going to sign this to you. Thank to, you, Billy. To Owen. Don't do crimes. Don't do crimes. Thank you very much, Billy. This uh, comes out, uh, what is it, Tuesday next week? Yes. But uh, it's, uh, it's yeah. You can pre-order you can order, it now. Pre-order it right now. You can, uh, uh, would you like me to read a passage, or I should we leave No, 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 no. I think we can so. leave it for the, uh, the listeners' imaginations. What, but what a lovely Solve thing. 10 murders with this puppy, so... Thank you, Bill. Yes. Uh, find it uh, where you uh, <laughs> at good booksellers as well as uh, online. As well as online. Uh, so first the, up the this week, this was a big true crime week. We've got a story out of Southern California and Mexico. Owen, what's going on with Peter Chadwick? So uh, this week we've got a fugitive multimillionaire who's been on the run for years now. He was captured in Mexico last weekend on August 4th, 2019. Peter Chadwick, he's now 55. He's accused of murdering his wife in Orange County in California in 2012. He was uh, listed on the U.S. Marshals' 15 most wanted list, and there was a $100,000 reward offered. Um, we're not clear yet on if anybody's going to get that. Uh, Somebody reward, will get that. But uh, there was a tip that brought uh, yeah. this uh, to conclusion. I, I will say this. I've done, and it's actually in the book, I've done a, a fugitive search in Mexico I have never seen so many people ask about a reward. Recompensa is the name, mm -hmm. is the word in Spanish for mm -hmm. reward. And it just, as soon as I, I put it out there, they just flooded in and I got so many tips right away as soon as, as I said, yes, there is a reward. I can imagine too that there, you know, uh, it's maybe a little bit of cliche, but there's a lot of uh, gringos running to Mexico. Yes. If, you're in, if you're in anywhere, you know, and we hear all this thing about this, you know, invasion, that our commander in chief is talking about. If you're in Mexico, you have these people from America who have killed people going down into Mexico and still doing bad things. That's what this guy was doing in the book. And they don't want him there. Mm -hmm. They want this guy out of there. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that's why it's when you put it out there and you say there's an American who might not speak very good Spanish, mm -hmm. who's wanted for murder. If you put that out there looking for tips, you're going to get a lot of tips. The expatriate community is a uh, yep. it's it's smaller than uh, you know it's tighter than you think. Mm -hmm. So uh, to give you some background on this uh, fellow here, this Peter Chadwick, he was 48 at the time uh, in 2012. He and his wife Kui uh, Chu, QC is her nickname. Chadwick. She was 46. She's from a wealthy Mal uh, excuse me a Malaysian family. She was a stay at home mom to the three kids uh, of the the couple. The couple had recently been fighting over financial issues and a possible divorce uh, when she was murdered. Police said he was cheating. His online activity uh, after she was murdered uh, showed that there were searches for escorts, a divorce attorney, abortion costs, and how to torture someone. Jesus. So they uh, shared a home together uh, in Newport Beach, a $2.5 million home in a gated community, so they were fairly well off. They'd been married for 21 years. Police believe that on October 10th, 2012, QC was murdered. 
the two cute, the two younger kids of the couple's three children were at school. They were waiting to be picked up. Neighbors had called police uh, and reported uh, that the parents were missing. Um, sheriff's investigators later that day, they searched the house. They found broken glass, a broken jar near the bathtub, droplets of blood on a bathroom wall, and an empty safe. Uh, very, very... Uh, the empty safe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some, some clues there right away. Uh, the SUV was gone. The security camera from the gated community showed uh, the SUV leaving at 1 p.m. that day. The next day, on October 11th, 2012, Peter Chadwick called 911 from a gas station in San Diego County near the Mexican border. border. And he told uh, San Diego police that his wife was killed. He claimed a handyman had killed her, then forced him to drive with her body to the border in order to dump (laughs) her body. Uh, they quickly uh, they quickly tracked him down and they arrested Peter Chadwick that day, uh, the day after uh, the alleged murder. He later admitted to police that uh, he had made up the story. When police arrested him, he had scratches on his neck and he had dried blood on his hands. Quee Chadwick was found in a dumpster in San Diego County. Uh, she was wrapped in a comforter on uh, October 18th, 2012. That was eight days after her uh, murder. Investigator said she had been strangled and drowned. So he did indeed, uh, you know, Orange County, where we're talking about here, is still a good hour, hour and a half away from San Diego. So he did indeed end up driving her body down there and, yeah. and depositing it. Yeah. Uh, so so then he's he's uh, he's detained. Yeah, he's pled guilty. He pled not guilty to murder. He was released on $1.5 million bail. He surrendered passports, his U.S. and U.K., and he agreed to stay with his father in Santa Barbara. And and he and for two years, he appears at, uh, at these court hearings. But then on January 5th, 2015, he stopped coming. Mm-hmm. Failure to appear. Emptied millions from his bank accounts, took cash advances, advances on his cards. He was setting this all up. Mm-hmm. Evidence of research on how to change your ID, how to live on the run, how to live off the grid. Cops said that he had been making test trips to other states. And he left planted clues at dad's house that he was going to Canada. So he was trying to do this misdirection. Yeah, I'm going to Canada. But meanwhile, he was going to go to Mexico. That old trick. The OCDA said uh, Peter Chadwick arrived in Mexico in 2015. He was at uh, high-end hotels and then eventually cheaper hotels. And there was a, um, you know, he would do odd jobs for cash after, you know, because these this money's going to run out sooner or later. He was arrested at a residential duplex in Puebla outside of Mexico City. You know, the Newport Beach police had launched a podcast called Countdown to Capture last year in hopes of applying pressure on him. And they believe that and ongoing media attention worked. Officials received a tip leading them to his arrest in Puebla. They did not give further details about that tip. So he's being charged with felony murder. He pled not guilty again on Wednesday, August 7, 2019, held without bail. He'll get 25 to life in state prison if convicted. Some of the uh, some of his troubles actually you know, you get this romantic idea that you can just go down to Mexico and, and disappear. But, you know, you still, especially if you're a, a gringo or somebody from outside the country, you still need your passport to identify yourself um, when you're staying at a hotel, for example, or mm-hmm. uh, to get things done or to get around. And, um, yeah, so it drove him to stay in more and more obscure places. Uh, mm-hmm. He was moving around. He was outside of Mexico City, which is a gigantic city. But uh, I'm sure he probably thought that um, he was getting away with it. But uh, police also say that due to this podcast that they did, and, you know, great podcast. Another, great po- work, another uh, podcast gets some justice. Yeah, Apparently um, that helped uh, some other shows and some other work that we've covered this story ourselves on. Uh, we're keeping the story out there. So – 
his face and his name were out there. And uh, when you have a hundred thousand dollar reward offered, uh, it makes uh, keeps people fairly alert and and and, and paying attention yeah. to uh, to to the guy down the block. It certainly does. So uh, some good news on that. We will uh, bring you more when we have more information on that particular bit of ongoing justice yeah. and progress. So now we're going to go to Montana. May Kurt heard Brockway. Uh, 39. He's charged with assaulting a 13-year-old boy when the boy did not take off his hat during the singing of the national anthem at the Mineral County Fair Rodeo. Mineral County, Montana, population 4,300 in northwest Montana along I-90 is very rugged. It's west of Missoula. Brockway said he asked to move the boy to remove the hat, but said the boy cursed at him. Brockway then grabbed the kid by the throat, lifted him, and slammed him on the ground. As you do, uh... Mom had just dropped his son up at the event. He received a call minutes later from his son, Wall- from her son, Wally. Um, it was on the way to the hospital. She says witnesses told her there was no conversation or interaction that Brockway just walked up and choke slammed the boy. Choke slammed the boy. Wrestling move as populated, populate, as made popular by, oh my God, look at that. He's look a 13 year old kid. kid. He's a, he's a small boy. Um, yeah. So witnesses, uh, contradicted his story they said it was completely random and uh, uh apparently the kid was like having he was yes. actually seizing on the ground he was seizing on the ground he wasn't coherent report said that uh, one of the kid's ears was bleeding for hours afterwards he sustained a concussion and temporal skull fractures trauma to the side of his head behind the temple and above the ear what the hell is wrong with you so one witness uh, said this Kurt Brockway fellow told the crowd uh, the boy was, quote, disrespecting the national anthem, so he had every right to do that. Mm. The crowd had reportedly surrounded Brockway and were moving in on him, the Missoulian newspaper reports. Uh, it sounds like uh, they disagreed with his procedural uh, uh, decision here. Yeah. And didn't well, agree yeah. that, uh, you know, a, a kid wearing a hat during the national anthem. Let, yeah, let's see him go do this to Colin Kaepernick, because that's where this is all coming from. Indeed. Uh, he was arrested at the scene, of course, and probably got rescued uh, from that situation by an angry crowd. Nothing like uh, a grown man slamming a kid on the ground and, and kind of beating up on it to really kind of get everybody yeah. together on that against this uh, this fool. So uh, he was charged with assaulting a minor. He pleaded not guilty uh, on Monday. Um, prosecutors have asked him for, asked for, excuse me, prosecutors asked the court for a hundred thousand dollars bail. However, the judge released him, uh, without bail on his own recognizance. Mm-hmm. KPAX TV reports that Brockway, uh, Brockway has pleaded guilty to assault with a, uh, weapon in, in 2010. Yeah. And court docs say that uh, in 2010, he drove up to a parked vehicle, got out and pointed a gun at a family and said he was going to kill them. Court docs say, uh, at the, at, as this was going on, a friend got him to put the gun away and leave. He was sentenced in 2010 to 10 years in state prison, but he had all of his time suspended. So uh, he's got a little more violent history here. It does beg the question why the, the judge would leave, let mm-hmm. him go on his own recognizance. That's, uh, you know, that's yeah. our and then, comment And then here. what does his lawyer say? This is, so, the, you know, the, the excuse here that yes. is going to come up that you guys are going to hear is an excuse that is coming up time and time again. There is validity to it, but it's now being tossed at everything. And what is it? So the lawyer this week says uh, – First, he says that uh, Brockway has a – he's been compromised by a traumatic brain injury. Uh, we don't have uh, details on that. But uh, Brockway believed he was acting on an order from the president, according to the lawyer. He certainly didn't understand it was a crime, Brockway's attorney told the Missoulian newspaper. Uh, he's also quoted as saying that uh, basically he thought this was an order 
that whenever an order somebody, from the president, whenever somebody kneels, that uh, you react in a certain way when when people don't respond the, the, the proper way. So um, we'll see how that plays out. This is a this is gross yeah. behavior, but it's also illegal. WTF? We'll, we'll, we'll find out more what happens. I've been hearing a lot about this story all week long. This uh, this detail about the lawyer saying this is brand new, so I'm sure that this is reaching into Montana as far well, as that. Media yeah, attention. exactly. And, you know, the rhetoric doesn't doesn't just affect things like mass shootings; it affects things like this too. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. Uh, now we're going to go to Decatur, Alabama. Larondrick Macklin. Uh, Alabama and uh, police in Alabama say Larondrick Macklin entered a woman's house in a domestic dispute last week. He was carrying a gun. The woman defended herself with a pot of hot grease. For our listeners who can't see the screen right now, let us note the man has severe burn scars on his face with skin peeling off and various shades of color. His face kind of looks like a Rorschach test mm-hmm. or a world map, something along those lines. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And she this, got him good. Yeah. This woman um, used what she had, you know, had at hand, and it worked. Uh, Macklin was hospitalized and treated for burns. The next day, police arrested him and charged him with burglary and domestic violence. He was held on $300,000 bond. Police called him the primary aggressor in the altercation, and police said the woman would not be charged, rightfully so. Yeah, uh, and all of our comments on this not a not a pinch of of uh, sympathy for this guy whatsoever, and could you know this guy got what he was coming to him. Yep. He has a, he has he ha- apparently had her history, and you go into somebody's house with a gun. She had apparently the fourth the foresight of mind to prepare this uh, hot pot of grease and uh, had gotten this uh, mm-hmm. thrown on him. And so, see you later, Larondrick. We'll find out later what happens to you, uh, innocent until proven guilty, of course. Uh, for our next story, out of Iowa. This is the story of Ronald Scher, who was also sentenced this week. Or excuse me, he was sentenced this week. Uh, <clears throat> this 55-year-old man got uh, life in prison on Tuesday. Last year, Ronald Scher had kidnapped a woman who had a restraining order against him in the Waterloo, Iowa area. Uh, she called 911 last April to report that uh, Ronald Scher was assaulting her and would not let her out of a vehicle. Police encountered him, stopped just off of a highway exit. He was striking someone in the back seat. Ronald Scherer then took off and led police on a chase. He was driving a Chevy, Chevy Impala in excess of 100 miles per hour. Even, you know, we see a lot of car chases out here in, uh, in L.A. and They don't always get up to 100 miles an hour. Getting, that's up, not to 100, getting up to 100 miles an hour. That's, uh, have you some, ever gone 100 miles an hour? I have. Yes. It's fast. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And a Chevy Impala is nothing to sneeze at. That's, nope. a, that's a car that will get you there. Yep. So the, the pursuit ended when uh, Ronald Scherer crashed his car into the solid concrete bridge support of an overpass. We have a photo here of, of uh, what you got. Prosecutors said the share had quotes lightly braked as he left the road in order to maintain control and ensure a direct hit on the concrete structure. He had previously warned uh, police that he would in fact uh, do this if they chased him. And sure enough, he uh, was estimated to be traveling 90 miles an hour at the point of impact. Prosecutors say, it's amazing that they survived, but the uh, abducted woman was severely injured, as was uh, Cher. They were both survived, as I say. Yeah, so this was, you know, potentially a murder-suicide or, or just a murder if he had his seatbelt on and she didn't. I don't know. Uh, the jury convicted him in April of kidnapping, attempted murder, and eluding police. And during sentencing this week, Ronald Cher reportedly mouthed obscenities and made an obscene gesture in the courtroom. He also threatened his lawyer with a, quote, smack upside the head. He requested a new lawyer, but was denied and subsequently sentenced. 
The Waterloo Cedar Falls Courier reports the judge gave him life for kidnapping, 25 years for attempted murder, 10 years for willful injury, and five years for eluding to be served concurrently. He'll be eligible for parole after serving 70% of the 25-year sentence for attempted murder. That's about 18 years. And he's also awaiting trial for punching a fellow inmate and kicking him on the ground in February of this year. So he's a bit of a tough guy. And, uh, you know, nothing like uh, you're sitting in the courtroom telling people off, doing mm-hmm. obscenities, doing that kind of thing. It's not going to help your case, no, but I don't not. think he had much of a case to begin with here. Yeah, he, he certainly didn't. So we've got new stories every week here. If you want to keep up with our content, uh, you can subscribe to us here on uh, True Crime Daily on YouTube. You can find our podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. You can call us up at 888-548-9758. Leave us a comment or a question, and we'll run it on the air. Find our latest uh, content on Facebook, Twitter, and, of course, truecrimedaily.com. Check us out. Now we're going to go to a New Jersey comedy club. Well, yes, sort of. Go on. Yeah. On Saturday, police found 40-year-old David Kimowitz stabbed to death in his Maplewood, New Jersey home. And his 26-year-old live-in au pair, Karen Rodriguez Bermudez, stabbed to death in the street outside. 27-year-old Joseph Porter has been arrested and charged with two counts of murder. He was caught at Newark's International Airport trying to board a flight for flight to Cancun. Again, another person fleeing to Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, Porter is the au pair's boyfriend. She had reportedly ended the relationship hours earlier. Text messages between Rodriguez Bermudez and Porter from about 1.30 a.m. to 2 a.m. show her breaking up with him. Police responded to a report of a woman being assaulted outside Kimowitz's house at 6 a.m. Kimowitz died at the scene, and Karen was pronounced dead at the hospital at 7.17 a.m. Yeah, so this stuff was going on, uh, you know, late night, early morning. Hours later, he acted on this, allegedly. Police say Joseph Porter entered Kimowitz's house using a key that uh, the au pair, Rodriguez Bermudez, had given him. Porter allegedly stabbed Kimowitz, then bound Rodriguez Bermudez's hands with tape. Investigators said she broke free and ran out of the house. Porter uh, reportedly chased her down the street to attack her. He stabbed her several hundred feet away from the house. Two different knives were used in the attack. Some of the attack was captured on surveillance video, police said. Porter had scratches and marks on his neck when he was arrested, so she did fight back. Neighbors told PIX11 that Porter had been parked in a car on the street Friday afternoon all the way into the night. Kimowitz's wife and two young daughters were uh, blessedly out of town when the attack happened. Kimowitz happens to be a well-known and or happened to be a well-known and widely liked owner of a comedy club in uh, Manhattan, but this is a tragedy for yeah. all these families all the way around. Another sort of uh, domestic incident that is fortunately tragic. <sighs> All right, we're going to hit up Wisconsin now. On Sunday, a Wisconsin man confessed to killing his wife 13 years ago to the day. Keith Comfort, 37, walked into the Lake Geneva Police Department this weekend and told police officers he killed his wife, Megan Schultz, on August 4th, 2006. The couple had been living in Missouri. She was 24 at the time, and she's been listed as a missing person ever since. He was charged with murder on Monday. Prosecutors say Comfort told the police that Megan Schultz was frantic, yelling, and swinging her arms at him. When he allegedly grabbed her, slammed her to the ground, and strangled her. He said he then put her body in a large garbage bag and threw her into a dumpster on the grounds of their apartment complex. Oh, these stories of strangling your wife and throwing her in a dumpster. It's, uh, he filed a missing bad. persons report after his mother-in-law asked where her daughter was the next day. He told Columbia, Missouri police he last saw his wife, quote, walking away from their apartment after they had an argument. That old story, we've seen it so many times before. 
you know, we had an argument in the car and um, she said, I want to get out in the middle of nowhere. And then I let her out. Who's to say, especially, so especially if you're in a, in a smaller kind yeah. of metropolitan area or, or a town. Yep. Um, but by all accounts, he had basically gotten away with this. He certainly um, had. Police at the time noted that there was a three inch bruise and a scratch on, uh, on Comfort's left bicep. But no, no foul play was suspected at the time, police said. The couple had a baby daughter at the time. Megan Schultz's mother is seeking custody of the daughter now. She reportedly hasn't seen her granddaughter in uh, in 10 years, the Columbia, oh, Missouri, reports. Three weeks oh. after Megan Schultz disappeared, three weeks after she disappeared, Keith Comfort filed for a divorce and then moved to Wisconsin. And, and remarried. And he remarried there. That to me... You know, that seems that seems strange. Uh, Comfort uh, divorced his second wife last year and had been living in an extended stay motel when he decided to go to police sta- the, uh, to the police station this Sunday. He's being held in Wisconsin on one million dollar cash bond and he's uh, scheduled to be extradited to Missouri. Never underestimate the power of uh, anniversaries, seriously, uh, for getting things like this. I, I use them in my investigations where if That's it's the point. anniversary of somebody's crime, you see us, us, we do it in the media a lot. Sure. Um, today, today, in fact, is the 50th anniversary of, uh, Sharon Tate's Mm -hmm. murder and along with the four other, uh, people at her house and in from 69 and, um, you know, the media tends to do it, but for these unsolved cases, you start putting stuff out there, you know, Hey, this happened 13 years ago, putting it, you know, it's like a telltale heart type of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's why I call them actually telltale heart campaigns, because these people will start remembering that and feeling that. And this is what, you know, he's thinking about it and thinking about it. And he, yeah, he went ahead and went ahead and just finally said it must have been eating at him for so long. You have he got think, away with it. You, you have to think, especially if you're freshly divorced. Now you're living in a motel in a state that you you that's not your original state. Um, it's speculation, but it seems that uh, something was gnawing on him. And uh, yeah. the telltale heart is a is a is an interesting way to put it. But that seems to be the case. So he did, you know, he did the right thing here uh, so far from what we can tell. So. Uh, you know, we'll keep you updated yeah. on that uh, when we when we learn more. Um, our next story, with apologies, is uh, we've got a we've got a Florida man story. Oh. But, uh, we've only got one this week, so that's good. This, uh, this fellow here, Michael Dublin, twenty eight, was arrested in May of this year, accused of trying to kill his four year old daughter in Tangelo Park, an Orlando neighborhood. He allegedly tried to suffocate the girl. Police released a body camera video this week of the May incident in which uh, Dublin talks to the officer saying that his daughter's okay despite uh, screaming and commotion in the background. Video reportedly shows the cop interviewing a young cousin of the girl talking about Michael Dublin. They didn't release the age of the of the cousin, but it was a young kid apparently. Um, and this is what the kid said. Um, he put bleach and a flavor packet in there, shook it up and let her drink it. Put it in her mouth. She's holding it. He put a pillow over her head and then started suffocating her. And then she swallowed it, the child says. Family members got the girl away from Dublin, performed CPR on her. The girl was unresponsive. She was hospitalized in critical but stable condition in May. And the four-year-old's girl's mother said she and Dublin talked on the phone earlier in the day in which she said she didn't want to get back together. And this apparently provides motive. Uh... Michael Dublin was arrested for attempted first-degree murder and aggravated child abuse. Dublin's mother says her son was on medication for schizophrenia but was no longer taking it. He has previous convictions for drugs, theft, and battery. Got kind of a triple threat here. We've got this uh, recurring thing here where 
somebody breaks up with you, you're not trying to hear it, you're not trying to have it, and, uh, you know, whether it's premeditated or yes. whether it's a, a crime of passion. Uh, but in this case, with a child involved, God, it's tragic. And uh, I didn't get a photo of it, but uh, it looks like it was a um, like a water bottle, not unlike this one, where he put the bleach in and put this stuff in, and the, it was slightly discolored, too, so it was like an orange packet mm-hmm. or something like that. Um it's a pretty bad. And then, uh, again, another one of our themes here with uh, mental health issues and stuff, we, we don't know yet if he decided to take stop taking it, whether it was, yeah. uh, you know, whether it was cut off or whatever that we don't know that information yet. But um, that's uh, that's uh, another one of these tragedies, unfortunately. Yeah. And um, you hear stories all the time about um, uh, d- domestic violence and the narrative has been so often, or at least the reaction has been, well, why didn't she just leave him? Why didn't she just leave him? These are some of the reasons why. We have two cases here where somebody had broken up with someone and um, just hours later, the person had done something incredibly violent. And that is when a um, a significant other, after a breakup, that's when they're most vulnerable. So that's one of the reasons why you just don't. And again, you know, you know this the story in Iowa, she had a restraining order against the guy. The guy still managed to abduct her and take her on a uh, on this wild goose chase, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and this police and almost killed her. Um, yeah, uh, restraining orders are the way to go. But that's uh, listen. No if you guarantee. you can have you can have a restraining order against somebody, they can always break it, and then yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, we have a story out of Alabama, which is uh, some sort of kind of good news for, for some folks uh, in the South. Sandra Lynn Henson is 52 years old. She turned herself in at the Florida, excuse me, Florence, Alabama police station on Friday. She's an accused wedding crasher and thief. Henson was charged with one count each of misdemeanor thel- theft and felony theft for two incidents in Alabama. She's been released on $2,500 bail. When Florence police released a surveillance video photo from one of the wedding receptions, they say they got responses from residents and law enforcement agencies in nearby states. It's now believed she may be the suspect in as many as a dozen similar cases. She's wanted on at least one other warrant in a different Alabama county for a theft from yet another wedding. Uh, A Florence detective did say, I've been contacted by 12 people at 12 weddings in Alabama, Tennessee, and Mississippi. Yeah, so witnesses told police that they saw Henson walking through wedding receptions as an uninvited guest, where she allegedly took cash from it gift envelopes and unattended purses in the wedding party changing rooms. Remember that scene in Goodfellas when Karen is worried about the the envelope with all the you know the bag with all the money, and he's like, "No one's going to." There was a little a little bit of a deterrent there with uh, no one's no one's no one's going to take that here. But you know, you're a crime family. Yeah, Um, police just rude. You don't 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 go uninvited, and then you're going into the places. It's a lot of bad karma, especially if it's uh, if it's anywhere near this twelve number. Well, uh, karma is catching up. To this person, police so. say she sat and ate with guests at one wedding, mm-hmm. and even stayed to clean uh, to help clean up after another. Well, that's nice. Yeah, but uh, she took at least five hundred dollars from one reception, and police say she admitted to stealing three hundred from another. Other amounts were not immediately known. The Flores detective said none of the checks or gift cards that were stolen so far have been used. So there you have it. Be kind. Don't do crimes. Don't do crimes. But let me just tell you this, though. We get comments. We are getting close to 3,000, 3 million, excuse me, 3,000. That was back in the day. 3 million followers on our Facebook page. We have the largest true crime Facebook page in the world. Stop by and check it out. Stop by, check it out. 
But this is what's going on on the Facebook page. Uh, this is a case that has already gotten 1,100 comments on our Facebook page. It's the Centoya Brown case. She's been placed on parole after being granted clemency. She was a woman who said she was a 16-year-old sex trafficking victim when she killed a man in 2004, and she's been officially placed on parole after being granted clemency. This was a case that Kim Kardashian West and Rihanna and a bunch of other celebrities had lobbied for. And, um, you know, a lot of people um, were split on this on our Facebook page. You know, Chris S. said, sad day when people are happy a murderer is freed. Just because you have a bad life doesn't give you the right to murder and rob somebody. Monica R. wrote back to him saying, Chris sucks. sad day when a person doesn't read to get the facts before speaking. I'm sure your girlfriend has a hard time with you. See, it was getting a little personal out here, but... Uh... <laughs> Um, Self-modulating, self-moderating there. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Uh, Mary G said, I think the money from the book sale should go to the victim's family. Um, uh, That's right, because she's she's already, has she sold the book or she's in talks with the book or whatever, but uh, something this high profile, um, you know, and plus there's obviously a a desire to hear this woman's story. So it's made a high profile stuff here. So yeah, she is out. She's still on parole, and I believe she's she, uh, she's being she's got a, a, a bracelet on her ankle, I think. But uh, yeah, she's out. Yeah, Janine G said to, to life, right? Yeah, Janine G said she deserves the death penalty. This is why people are killing; they get away with it. It's not why people are killing. Uh, get her ugly face out of there. Uh, Chrissy D said parole even after clemency. Why? Um, you know, there's a lot of this was very much a self policing thing. There's a lot of comments on this, and a lot of back and forth between our uh, our listeners and our readers on this particular case. So okay. you should go check it out if you want to get angry and rage yell at somebody. We do uh, we do a lot of stories. There's about 10 or 15 stories every day on Facebook uh, uh, that we run, and of course on truecrimedaily.com, as well as other uh, yes. video stuff that we've done. So, you, um, yeah, you could, so people can check out the, our content on YouTube. You might be watching us on YouTube right now. If so, hello. Uh, Facebook and truecrimedaily.com and don't forget to download our weekly podcast on Stitchers, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. And if you have comments or questions about the show, call us up and leave a message at 888-548-9758. We'd love to hear from you. The advisor recording may be aired in any of our future podcasts. So until next week, this is True Crime Daily, the podcast reminding you don't do crimes. Don't do crimes.